day 36 on our 40-day tour through the Gospel of John. We're in John 18, verses 15 to 27 today, and now the spotlight shifts primarily to Simon Peter, at least for a little bit before we get back to Jesus. We'll still hear from Jesus. He's being put on trial, kind of a pre-trial part uh, in front of the high priest, and he is telling the truth. Meanwhile, in contrast to that, Peter's going to start to tell lies, just as Jesus predicted that he would. In John chapter 13, verse 38, Peter says, I would never deny you. I would die for you, Jesus. The other gospels quote Peter and even add to that so that he says it even louder and with more pride. You've got the wrong guy, Jesus. Maybe one of these other disciples will deny you. Maybe one of these other disciples will betray you, but it would never be me. You know me. I'm your right-hand man. I'm with you to the bitter end. Come on, Jesus. It's me, Peter. The Bible says pride comes before the fall, and, and so it is. Have you ever had a fall spiritually that was so severe that you wondered if God's grace was enough to cover it? That you didn't just feel guilt, that you felt guilt at its worst and its least productive that becomes shame? That you were really starting to wonder if God's mercy could cover that particular sin or, or, or that thing that you did or that attitude that you had or that person that you hurt or whatever it might have been or that thing that you said or didn't say? or did or didn't do. And guilt can be overwhelming. Shame can be spiritually paralyzing. Peter is going to be filled with guilt and shame. P Peter was biting off more than he could chew. He, he was so filled with spiritual arrogance. Religious people, we can get that way. It's almost like we start to think that I can stand right before a holy God on the day of judgment based on my spiritual performance, based on my morality. It's certainly better than other people we convince ourselves. That's a lie. That, that somehow that we can earn God's favor by, by the religious things that we do, by the good works that we do. Yeah, but we're all sinners in need of a savior in the end and actually in the beginning and, and along the way in the middle too. This side of heaven, we're not going to graduate from sin. And maybe that's why Peter's story resonates with us. Even people who don't know the Bible well at all have heard of this story of Peter's denial. In almost every case, they know something about it. And I think it's because it hits us right where we live. It's this breath of honest, fresh air that reminds us, oh, thank God for his amazing grace. Because if God can forgive Peter in this story, he could forgive me too. He could forgive all of us for our sins. God's mercy is wider than our sin. When I was in high school, I remember uh, the day I got my driver's license. I was so excited. And that night, uh, my dad was kind enough and gracious enough to give me keys to the car, um, to the second car, the, the Plymouth Horizon, the four-speed. And, and I had learned how to drive the stick shift, four-speed manual transmission when I had the permit. And I tried to be such a careful driver, but oh, I was so excited to have my own license and all the freedom that would bring. And so I went out and I got my friends, but I was way over my head. I mean, I was so filled up with, with uh, driver's arrogance. I thought I knew it all because I'd passed the driver's test and, and the written test and the, the actual driver's test itself. I had my license, so now I was ready to go. I wasn't ready to go. I was way over my head. 
I picked up my friends. We went out for pizza. It was raining terrible that night. It was dark. Only one of the headlights on this old Plymouth Horizon was working. I couldn't see very well. The wipers weren't working great. See, those are all my excuses, right? But the reality is, is I made a right-hand turn from a left lane right in front of a squad car. So he turned on his flashers. This is the day, the night after I got my license, that, that very morning, by that evening, before the sun came up, before the rooster crowed the next morning, I had my first ticket. Oh no, I went home. I thought, this is it for me. This is the end. My dad's going to take my license away. No mercy. This is just, I, I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I made a right-hand turn from a left lane in front of a police officer. But I did. Pride comes before the fall. I wasn't ready to drive in those conditions. I was showing off, trying to, to my friends. I, I was trying to hang in there, trying to pretend the rain wasn't bothering me and any of the, the conditions weren't bothering me. And I fell. Peter fell. And when he did, he was crushed. Most of the other disciples have left already. They've abandoned Jesus after he got arrested. They don't want any part of it. They're, they're running for their lives, literally. Peter's still there. John's still there. The women are still there. The, the, some of the disciples are still there, but now it's few and far between. Peter's one of them, so give him credit for that. But then he does exactly what Jesus said he'd do. Before the sun comes up tomorrow morning, Peter, Jesus says to him in the upper room, you'll deny that you know me three times. And sure enough, that's what Peter does. To the woman at the gate inside those temple courts, when she asks him, aren't you one of Jesus' followers? And he says in verse 17, no, I'm not. The next verse says, because it was cold, the household servants and the guards had made a charcoal fire. They stood around it, warming themselves, and Peter stood there with them, warming himself. Watch how incredible John's gospel is. Charcoal fire. Irrelevant detail, right? Nope. And there's something about that smell, isn't there, of a charcoal fire? And there's something about us as human beings that when we smell something familiar, it, it can almost completely distract us from whatever is right before us. And that smell starts to dominate our thoughts and take over our mind. It's just the power of that sense. Charcoal fire is what Peter smells right after he denies Jesus for the first time. In John chapter 18, verse 18. After Jesus rises from the dead, the next time Peter sees him, after Peter's denied him, that was just the first denial when Peter smelled the charcoal fire. Then there's a second one, then there's a third one. In verse 26, in verse 27, Peter denies that he knows Jesus for the third time. And then it says just a few words that sum it all up, and immediately a rooster crowed. And the other Gospels say Peter just crumbled to the ground. He broke out in tears. Imagine what Peter was feeling. The shame, the guilt, all in the midst of this environment of fear, worrying for his own life. But don't forget the smell of that charcoal fire in verse 18. Because the next time Peter's going to smell the charcoal fire is when he's hanging out with Jesus again after he's risen from the dead. They haven't spoken since Peter denied Jesus three times. But in chapter 21 of John's gospel, it says Peter is there with some of the other disciples and they were cooking fish over a charcoal fire. 
and they had some bread too. And that's when Jesus takes Peter for a walk, the ultimate come to Jesus moment. When I got that traffic ticket the day of getting my license, I went home in shame and I thought for sure my dad was going to take my license away. When I got home and I told him, I was shaking like Peter. I think I was ready to burst out into tears. He said, Dad, I can't believe it. I got a ticket. <laughs> and my dad says, well, let me see it. And he's smiling. And he takes the ticket and he reads it and he starts to, he bursts out laughing. I'm ready to burst out in tears and he bursts out laughing. Jesus takes Peter for a walk, but instead of shaming him, instead of saying, what were you thinking? Instead of saying, I told you this was going to happen. What's your problem? What kind of a disciple are you? All he did was ask Peter three questions. The same question three times. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said each of the three times. You know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Then take care of them. Take care of my church, Peter. You're restored. My grace is sufficient for you. My mercy is wider than your sin. Welcome back. God's grace is amazing. For Peter, the Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, forgives Peter's sins. My father, the day I got my driver's license, forgives my sin of my ticket. He just laughs. He's like, eh, don't do that anymore. <laughs> he laughed. Nothing but grace. And I learned a lesson that day. I learned a lesson about amazing grace. I was a much more careful driver after that, too. Peter was a more faithful disciple after that. And he started to get it. But maybe, maybe we don't really get Christianity until we need to be forgiven. Until we need to be overwhelmed with God's grace. Until it becomes a need instead of, a, oh, that's for those people who aren't as good as me. No, it's for all of us. God's grace is amazing. It's for Peter. It's for them, whoever them is for you. And it's for you, for me too. Thank God for his love. Thank God for his grace. Thank God that he has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to forgive sinners like Peter, like you, like me, like anybody who wants to receive this gift. We'll see you tomorrow. Please like, review, and share on whatever platform you're using that helps us get the word out. And join us for weekend worship. You can go to lutheranchurchofhope.org to find out how. We'll see you there. Bye.